0: What's up, my fellow lionesses and lions? Welcome to the Project Lioness podcast. We are here to disrupt the mainstream narrative when it comes to health, holism, and human consciousness. We are here to share bold truths about health and life from a female perspective. This episode is brought to you by our team, Inspire Co., where we stand for your health being inspired by choice rather than being inhibited by chance. Thank you for being here and joining in on these raw, real, and powerful conversations. We hope our show brings you inspiration and empowerment to overcome challenges, reclaim your life, and ultimately pursue your mission with power, purpose, and play. Now, let's get into the episode. Hello, hello everyone. This is Dr. Mel. Welcome. Before we begin, if you haven't listened to our why episode, which was our first episode of the Project Linus podcast, I'm going to take, I'm going to invite you to take the time to do so and orient yourself to the bigger picture behind the why, behind these conversations. This episode in particular is one of those bigger whys. I was working with a client in the office, my chiropractic office, Inspire Life Chiropractic Center, and we got to chatting and she is on a mission to really regain her connection with her cycles and with her rhythms and being a woman and not feeling like she needs to go, go, go and drive all the time. And she's a mom of three, if not four children now. And we were talking, saying how challenging it can be sometimes to be a woman in sync with your cycles and not feel this subconscious or even conscious cultural pressure to just be on all the time. And it was a really lively, beautiful, enriching conversation that I shared with her. You know, this is exactly why I started the Project Lioness podcast. This is why I want to make these conversations known and I don't want it to feel as though we have to keep it under the covers or feel ashamed about wanting to sync with our cycles, wanting to sync with our rhythms as a woman. So this, my friends, is why Project Linus exists. And we talk about that in the first episode, along with my other co-host, Jess and Ashley. We want to give space for these topics and these conversations. We want to give them breath. We want to give them life to really support you in knowing that you're not alone, and you don't have to hide that shame you don't have to hide that guilt for living into your beautiful biology so before you dive into this episode if this is your first time joining us welcome i'm solo casting today and i am solo casting from home if you're watching on youtube you can see me hello i am in front of my bookshelf i have my home studio set up so if you hear anything in the background. I have a husband, surprise, and him and I are, are on the mend. We are recovering from a couple weeks of an immune system upgrade, which I have a podcast episode about that as well. So I've got my water, I've got my tea. I waited to record this episode in particular by request. Many of you were requesting to learn about pleasure and pleasure titration and how to incorporate pleasure in your daily life. I wanted to make sure I could do it before I, you know, when I felt better because I don't want to be in the middle of an episode and have a coughing fit. So if my voice sounds a little different, you know why. I've also got my headphones in. So naturally when you wear headphones, you sound congested, right, to yourself. So welcome. Thank you for being here. So speaking of shame, speaking of guilt, let's talk about pleasure it's a topic that a lot of the culture has shame around, and we at Project Linus are really here to change that. And this is something that I've really had to look at for myself as far as talking about it as a leader, as a healer, as an entrepreneur, as a practitioner, as a woman, as someone who has experienced things that maybe the culture would deem as abuse that came in the form of you know sexual experiences with my babysitter growing up that I felt very ashamed of when I was younger. And people would name that molestation, they would name that sexual abuse. And so when you're listening to these episodes, again, Project Linus is about raw, real, bold truths. And I know sometimes podcasts talk about trigger warnings and things like that. So you'll probably get a sense of that in our episodes because again, we're here to talk about things that maybe people aren't getting into the nitty gritty details of. So let's talk about pleasure. So the first thing you probably think about when you hear the word pleasure is something sexual in nature, right? Orgasm, masturbation, intimacy. And while you're not wrong in that, I'm here to support you in expanding your range of what pleasure actually entails when it comes to your body, your mind, your nervous system, and your life. One of my mentors Dr. John DiMartini, who you'll probably hear me drop his name quite a bit because I am a certified breakthrough facilitator within his work. That's the type of coaching that I do and the type of facilitation that I do to help people uncover emotional blockages and mental blind spots in their life so they can live a more fulfilled, aligned life from the inside out. And something he says that I wanted to bring to this episode, is very powerful, and it's this. When we experience individual repression or individual suppression of something in our life, it could be related to the seven areas of life, right? Sex, money, power, our vocation, relationships, social, business, health. Anytime we repress something that we feel ashamed about or we feel guilty of, what happens because the universe plays on balances, law of balance and the law of polarity is that when we individually suppress certain things about ourselves for example liking pleasure or experiencing pleasure there is naturally a cultural expression in more of a distorted way and this can show up this manifestation can show up in the distortion of being addicted to porn um, infidelity things like that because we don't feel okay enough and we don't feel confident and whole enough to embrace our own pleasure parts So anytime we repress a part of ourselves, we will see that manifest in a distorted way in the culture. So keep that in mind in anything in life. Now, as we get into the episode, I'm going to talk about what is pleasure titration versus catharsis. What is the goal behind the pleasure and pain cycles as human beings who have brains and biology and neurochemistry and biochemistry? And I'm also going to share with you how to expand your pleasure practice beyond just sexual intimacy and anything like that I'm going to share with you why that's so important for your nervous system when it comes to actually healing trauma and being okay with challenge being okay with pain because the more that we can expand our capacity for pleasure in our life our relationship to pain changes I'll share this later too when we get into the episode it's important to also not be hedonistic right where we only seek pleasure and we avoid pain. That's a natural tendency as human beings. It's a natural tendency of biology is to seek things that bring us pleasure and avoid things that bring us pain. That can lead to imbalanced perspectives. That can lead to fantasies, unrealistic expectations. So we'll get into that later and how it's important to embrace both pleasure and pain. So let's get into it. Now, depending on how you're listening to to this or when you're listening to this, I'm really going to invite you, if you're able and you're not driving and you're not maybe doing some chores around the house, this episode would be really powerful to just sit and receive and listen. If you're not able to do that, that's okay. I'm not going to know about it, but think about how often we are listening to content and listening to podcasts and maybe we're doing the dishes, doing laundry. I'm you know, I do this too, right? I like to be listening to things to fill my brain and fill it with content that really matters in my life. But perhaps you take in this episode very differently because we are talking about pleasure. We are talking about sensation. We are talking about the nervous system. And one of the ways that we can experience the five senses, sometimes six cents, depending on, you know, what you want to name it, how you want to label it, one of the ways that we can actually experience more pleasure in those channels and realms is to slow down and take things in. And you'll be surprised that when you do that, you'll probably only have to listen to this episode once and you'll probably remember more. So it's just an invitation, right? If you're not able to come back and listen to it again, take notes. But if you're able to, I'll invite you to maybe sit down, lay down, whatever position would feel most comfortable for you and just taking a moment to orient yourself. Orienting to pleasure is necessary for healing, specifically trauma and things that have been really challenging, things that have created collapsing in our nervous system. Some might say that pleasure equates to stability and safety in their life. So let's practice this pleasure and Uh, pleasure orientation in this moment. So taking a moment, wherever you are at, and if you're watching me on YouTube, you'll see me do this as well, and I'll try not to leave the mic. I'll try not to get too far away from the mic. Noticing with your eyes, just taking a moment to look around and moving your eyes towards your external environment. I'll invite you to, as your eyes start to look, just Notice where they're drawn to. Notice where it feels good to look. And I invite you to even turn your whole body and turn your neck and your head and look all the way behind you. You won't see me do it because I'm looking at the screen and talking into the microphone. But look all the way behind you and turn your head down to the ground And as you continue to do this, no need to force anything, just notice what happens to your nervous system, to your breath, to your physiology, as you actually orient yourself to your environment. You might start to notice an ease, maybe a wave of relaxation come over your body. You might feel your heart open up. We live in such a world where we're so sagittally or forward focused with technology and devices and computers that we get very sympathetically oriented we get very narrow focused and so it's important to start to widen our view and widen our gaze which helps our nervous system widen and feel like it can take up space that it feels safe in its own environment and that there's not a boogeyman or a threat constantly behind our back so again taking a moment and as you wrap this up notice if there's something in your environment that feels really nice to let your eyes settle on could be a plant could be a book if you're watching me you'll see a colorful bookshelf behind me I've categorized it like a rainbow next to my left here at our home there's this beautiful painting that has some sacred geometry on it there's this beautiful wolf there's a whale and I really just love looking at this every single morning because there's so much to it and yet it just represents like power and expansion and creativity in my connection with the universe So what is it about the thing that maybe you're orienting to that feels really good in your nervous system right now? And just take note of that. You can actually take notes or you can pinpoint it in your brain. And as you orient and settle, I'm going to take a sip of water. So what we just did there is called orientation. And orientation can be a really powerful exercise anytime you are in transition from thing to thing. Let's say you're doing errands and you go from the car and then back to your house and then to the kitchen and then maybe you go to the kid's soccer practice and then you go back to work. Anytime you're orienting and moving to a new environment, your nervous system experiences transitions. And now, yes, it does take time to slow down and orient yourself to the space. But the more you do this, the more natural it will become. So just practice that. That's a pleasure practice where you actually orient yourself to the environment and what actually feels good in the environment, what actually feels safe, and what actually feels like you're in relationship with it. So try that on for a size. It's called orientation. This is a practice that I do very often in our community calls, our Inspire Co monthly calls. If you're a member, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's something that we do pretty much every single time we hop on a call to help your nervous system settle, to help it orient, and to help it feel embodied and whole. So what is pleasure titration? Well, titration is probably exactly what it sounds like to you. It's a concept of chemistry. For those of you who took chemistry maybe in high school or college, I know I took a decent amount of chemistry and I loved it. My chemistry class in high school was what inspired me to actually pursue science. Believe it or not, I loved my chemistry teacher. He was crazy, um, crazy awesome. Mr. Severson, he definitely inspired people with his own quirky ways so titration is just that you know you remember when we would have like a um, chemistry set maybe like a beaker or some sort of glass item where there'd be a material in it maybe a substance maybe a liquid and you'd take another liquid probably with a dropper a glass dropper and you would titrate some chemical compound until you got the very exact compound that you were looking for as far as the ratio right? But you wouldn't dump it all in. That would be more of an experience of catharsis where it's kind of all or nothing. It's, it's a lot at once. It feels very like a explosion of your sensory cortex where there's just a lot going on, right? Catharsis. It's big, it's, it's explosive. Titration is the exact opposite where it's little bits of titrating could be in chemistry or sensation, just like we did. That was a little bit of titration of a pleasure orienting experience. And titration can be very powerful when a nervous system is learning how to expand its capacity for things like pleasure or even on the other side, discomfort. Similar to going to a new workout program, you're going to titrate in certain movements. You're going to titrate your weights. If you're weightlifting, you don't just go from squatting 100 pounds to 300 pounds. You're going to titrate those weights over time, where maybe one week you do 100, the next week you do. 107.5 107.5, right? It's slow incremental stimulation to expand the nervous system in a much more sustainable way over time. Catharsis, on the other hand, is more of an all or nothing principle. Some of you may be familiar with catharsis if you've had a really cathartic emotional expression, right? Like, oh, I just had a cathartic cry or just had a cathartic laugh. It's, it's big, it's explosive, it's that all or none principle. And titration and catharsis when it comes to any sensory experience or any healing can serve. This is where you might hear people talk about in the health and healing realm, like getting cracked open, Right, where all of a sudden you have a healing experience and you just feel really cracked open and it can feel really raw. But catharsis can be really, really powerful because oftentimes what happens is once you have a cathartic moment, if your nervous system has been given safety and stability, you're going to feel a very profound difference in your nervous system at a deep, deep level where you may have, in fact, from that cathartic moment on, things feel just foundationally different. Now, the one thing, the one caveat with catharsis is if your nervous system doesn't have enough safety and stability or orienting to pleasure and you have a cathartic experience, sometimes that's where re-traumatization can happen and you go right back to square one where you feel like you get stuck in these trauma loops and you're doing the work and you're doing the healing and you're having these really cathartic releases, but you're not actually making progress. So cathartic releases in your body mind specifically can feel good and you release a lot of neurochemistry, but you have to ask yourself, are you actually making progress? And so you can think of titration as a way that you can integrate those cathartic moments throughout your life. Both can serve and it can serve in however you desire. It's important to know the difference though and it's important to know what can be needed for each If you're noticing that that progress is not at a level that you're seeking or that you're looking for that you know to be true and possible for your body, mind, and life. Now, if you're someone who only experiences titration and it feels really slow and it feels the same, a cathartic experience may be very powerful for you. As I mentioned earlier, we are... Sometimes, you know, we get we get to be hedonistic, right? Where we're constantly seeking pleasure, especially in our culture. We want pleasure, we want stuff, we want things that make us feel good, right? Just feel good, good vibes only. And there's a part of us where that's okay, right? We naturally seek pleasure and avoid pain. It's important to understand though that these pleasure and pain cycles exist in our nervous system. It's biological, it's neurological, it's biochemical, and you're not going to ever not experience challenges in life. Sorry, I hate to break it to you, but that's the nature of being a human being on the planet. One of my mentors, uh, Brian Lum, talks about how planet Earth is a trauma-based healing center. And so we get to learn how to be with pain and we get to learn how to transmute pain differently. But because you are a being that has a reptilian brain, that has an amygdala, that has a body, pain is a sensory experience. And pain can really be important. Pain can be a really incredible feedback loop to get you to pay attention and to do something different. Unfortunately, we, in the way that we address pain in our culture in America, it's very different, right? And we like to cover it up. We like to take pills. We like to avoid it. We like to shove it down. And that only leads to a game of whack-a-mole. So my invitation for the rest of this podcast is how can you start to expand your pleasure-pain cycles and know that pain can be a beautiful gateway into experiencing more pleasure. Now I'm not saying you need to seek more pain, but if you seek challenges in your life that inspire you, you'll notice that your relationship with pain that feels less inspiring starts to change and your your experience and your ability to experience more pleasure rather will start to expand because your relationship to pain has also changed, okay? So it's important to seek challenges that inspire you and not despire you. There's two main drivers of human behavior, and you've heard me allude to this, but if you're taking notes, there's two primary drivers to human behavior. And that's exactly what I've been saying. It's the avoidance to that which causes pain, challenges, or drawbacks, and the seeking to that which creates pleasure, support, and benefits in our life. The goal... As we mentioned to wrap this up, to summarize, is the more you can expand your capacity to feel good and find resourcefulness in your body, the more your relationship with pain changes. There's a difference between pain avoidance versus pain integration. So we don't want to ignore it, but rather see it as a feedback loop and how do I learn from this? How is this growing me? How can I change my relationship to pain? How can I... Be with this sensation. What is this sensation, right? Oftentimes, if there's physical pain in the body, most of the time, there has been suppressed emotional and mental patterns that are manifesting in the shape and in the form of your physicality. We'll get into that at a later episode. I know that can feel really deep. What I was alluding to earlier is the way that our healthcare system in America addresses pain is a very pathogenic model where pain equals that something's wrong, your body's broken, and it needs to be fixed, and it needs to be covered up, and you need to become pain-free right away. And I always tell my clients when they reach out to me at the office, if they're seeking chiropractic care, and they say, you know, I just want to be pain-free, I just want to be pain-free, and I say, look, you know, the best way that you can deal with pain, and the best way that I know how to deal with pain is to take a pain pill. And most of the time they laugh, and I say, well, what is it that you actually want? And when I say that and I offer that perspective, their perspective changes. And they say, well, I know that that's not actually not sustainable because people inherently know that the pain is their body's intelligent response, getting them to wake up and do something different in their life, make change, right? Make change now. And they get that just masking it doesn't. And this is if this is the first time you have heard this, you're probably like, well, yeah, duh. Like, I don't want to take a pill the rest of my life. And again, I'm not here to bash taking medicine. I'm not here to bash taking pills, but I am here to offer a different perspective. Remember, this is Project Linus. We're here to talk raw, real, bold truths that maybe will make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but offer you a different perspective. So it's a pathogenic model. It's very reactive, and their goal is to restore you back to normal. But the question I ask is, well, what if what you were doing before, this concept of normal, quote unquote, which there is no normal, right? It's all a spectrum. What if what you were doing before the pain was not actually in alignment with your most authentic, most aligned, most inspired life, most inspired self? That was not a pun, but you know, here we are Inspire Life Chiropractic Center. What if what you were doing before was actually breaking you down and that pain was simply a gateway and an invitation to expand into something different in your life? So that's a pathogenesis model. That's the reactive model. Now, on the other side of that, is the salutogenic model or the reorganizational model. And the salutogenic model of health really looks at really seeing the body as a whole and all experiences of the body-mind as a whole and that nothing is wrong and nothing is broken and nothing is to be fixed, but rather just cues and signs and subtleties to pay attention to and listen to in that any single manifestation and symptomatic expression of the body is intelligent. How do we work with it rather than against it? How do we use this energy in the body as a way to transmute into new growth, right? How do we use these experiences that we label as painful or label as a symptom and put labels everywhere, right? How do we actually just experience what is happening and use that for fuel for the next chapter of our life? It's very different, right? And even noticing in your body at this moment, if you're listening to this, from a slowed down place, just notice how your nervous system takes that in. You might hear more curiosity, more grace, more acceptance in that second model of health versus the first model of health. And I do wanna say that pathogenic model and the reactive restorative model can be very, very serving in crisis, right? If you get into a really bad accident or you get into a crisis situation, a cathartic situation when it comes to your health and your body, you better le- believe that our healthcare model in America is the place you want to go. I always say if, if I, for some reason, decide to go hang out with bears and I have a bear attack and my arm gets bit off, do not bring me to a salutogenic practitioner, okay? I want to be uh, with the most reactive, with the most fast-paced thinking. I want to go to the emergency room for the people who know how to restore my body and put it back together in that moment, right? <laughs> You know, depending on your, your spiritual consciousness, you might be like, well, why did the bear attack, you, attack you and what was the purpose of the bear, right? We we're not going to get into that. But my point is, each of those models can serve and I think we've swung really far one direction. And so let's expand our capacity to be in the salutogenic model and see our bodies as intelligent, see our body minds as serving us rather than working against us. And giving us feedback loops into where we're out of alignment in our life you know the body is the best doctor and your body is the center of your life so let's use that compass to guide us towards true north what i love about the reorganizational and solutogenic model is again it orients us towards finding what works finding what's resourceful and finding what feels good now finding what feels good is very different than just being comfortable so i do want to preface that if you hear me say that in future episodes of finding what feels good Feeling good in your body and feeling safe is very different than just being comfortable and apathetic in nature. So this is not a good vibes only podcast. This is a podcast to teach you how to be with a lot of sensations in life and how to be on that pain pleasure spectrum and find balance. How do we do this? Take a sip of my coffee here. I also hope too that this podcast can feel like you're just sitting down with us sitting down with me sitting down with Ashley and Jess when they're on and taking this in like you're sitting at the table with me and having a cup of coffee and we're just having a discussion we're just having a conversation and you get to learn something new about your life and implement it and integrate it and tap into the wisdom of your own body mind so how do we do pleasure titration what does this look like on a daily basis Well, you've already practiced it a little bit and you've most likely consciously or subconsciously been attuning to it for majority of the podcast. So when we allow what is unconscious to become conscious, it allows us to become the masters of our life and not the victims of our history, but rather the masters of our destiny, as Dr. Demartini says. So the way that you start is starting with your senses. You are a sensory being after all, right? We all know the five senses, sometimes six sense. There's interoception and proprioception. So we could even add six and seven senses in there, right? Interoception is your inner sense of your body. Proprioception is your awareness of your body in space. You could even add your intuition as a sense. So there we go. Now we got eight. But we're going to start with five, right? Let's keep it simple to start. We're going to titrate this in. Noticing your eyes, your ears, your senses of your hands. You might notice if there's something that you're wearing or something around you that feels good to hold. The temperature. I just took a sip of coffee, so I have the aftertaste of coffee on my lips. My nose isn't as strong right now, but those are your five senses. And the way that we start to titrate this is actually noticing them first. So one becoming aware, recognizing ourselves as a sensory being in our environment, and then slowing it down, slowing down the experience, slowing down the sensory experience. This gives your nervous system time and space to stretch its relationship with the sensation. So for example, if I take another sip of coffee, And feel free to do this with me if you're drinking coffee or tea or water. So I'm drinking the coffee. I'm noticing it on my tongue. I'm noticing the texture is velvety. It's a little creamy because I put MCT coconut oil in there. I can taste a little bit of the caramel notes of the beans. I can taste a subtle bitterness, but that roast of the coffee so that not burnt, but you could say it's it's like woody in a way. I'm kind of becoming a coffee sommelier right now, right? But I'm slowing down my experience with the sensation and I'm naming what I notice. So that's the second part of this. So one, recognition. Two, asking what specifically is it that you're attuning to? And that you like about it and naming those things out loud i'm now noticing kind of it move down my throat and move into my belly i'm noticing what that's doing to like my nose and my eyes and my sinuses because there's caffeine and caffeine will cause vasodilation so it will open up vessels of the body i'm noticing how that sensation as it moves through my body is behind my heart, right? Because the esophagus kind of runs along the aortic path too. The aorta goes straight to the heart, largest one of the largest vessels of the body, blood vessels. And I'm just taking a breath. That was That was more of an organic breath, an organic belly breath of me kind of just attuning to my body. So notice that for yourself and take a moment to maybe write some things down or just note in your head, specifically with this external thing that you're orienting to, what feels good about those things. Another example of this, since that was more of an engaging, like you're not going to lick the walls of your of your home, right? I mean, unless you've done some sort of substance or you feel called to do that. <laughs> but another example to bring you through if you're not consuming something is I'm going to look at, let's see... Um, well, there's my phone is being held up right now by a selenite crystal. Yes, that's the reality because I don't have a, a smaller phone stand yet. But I really love this crystal. So here's another example. And again, practice this for yourself. Notice something in your external environment that you're not going to like smell or drink in. So the selenite crystal is probably about three inches tall. It's clear, but it has a lot of edges and it almost looks when the light hits it like a lightsaber it kind of shimmers and it looks like if I were to climb up a big rock on some really cool planet and there's just really fine clear defined edges and it's very majestic and I really just like to look at the top right now because it's very smooth, it's very shiny, and it's very clean cut. And now I'm going to notice, as I orient with this external thing, where I notice that resonance in my body. And as I said that, what I liked most about it and what I was experiencing pleasure around it, what specific traits and characteristics, I breathed into my heart center. So now, noticing that in your body where... In your body, do you notice that sensation? Where does that external thing or experience connect within your body? And does it feel like you can breathe into it? Does it feel easy? Not to force a breath, but more of an organic breath, right? I know there's a lot of people out there teaching breath work, and it's like, okay, breathe here, breathe here. It's like, where is your body organically and naturally breathing? Let's focus on that, because that which... That which is organic, sustainable, and natural is the intelligence of your nervous system and your body that we want to work with, right? We orient to pleasure. We orient to what's working. So just noticing that for yourself. And again, it feels... (sighs) as I tune into that area of my body, my body's taking deeper breaths naturally. I don't have to force it, and that just feels nice. So I might just like even hang out there for a couple more minutes if I wasn't on the podcast and just notice where that breath starts to move. So that's one example, and that took us a couple minutes, right? So there are some other ways that you can do this throughout the day. You know, if you're a healer, a leader, or an entrepreneur, if you live a relatively quantum-based <laughs> lifestyle, It's going to probably take you some time to learn how to slow down and orient to your nervous system because again your body is the center of your life and so to expand your ability to receive pleasure in all forms and have a different relationship with pain you're going to have to slow down and in the slowing down it may seem like it takes a while at first but eventually your body's going to be like, oh my gosh, thank you. This feels amazing. And you're going to create new neural pathways in your nervous system. This is actually what we do in the office. I'll get to that in a moment. But you're going to create different neural pathways in your system where then it's going to become more natural. It's like learning anything, right? The first phase feels really challenging and it can feel frustrating. But when you come back to it, you'll notice that 1% or 2% growth. This is exactly the type of care that we provide in the office network spinal care is oriented towards this, um, type of way of orienting in the world, which is what's towards what's working in the nervous system. So if you're a client of mine or you've been curious about the type of work that I do in the office, the way that I work with the nervous system is yes, I I take inventory of, you know, the challenges you've experienced, the trauma, the, the trials and all, all of that. And while you're on the table, I'm actually looking at, yes, I'm assessing tension patterns and muscle tension and joint misalignments and tension in the nervous system and your body. We're definitely orienting towards that. And then what I'll look at is where is your body breathing? Where is your body moving? Where is the body calling me in? Where is the body actually working? And how do we expand that? So that is the very difference of network spinal care versus a lot of other traditional models of healing where it's like work with the tension, work it out, and you feel like you have to effort so hard. And when you actually work with what's working in the body, what happens is this beautiful quantum effect where the whole system shifts. This is because we are living complex systems. And so one stimulation and one input into the entire living organism because it's intelligent has the capacity to shift the entire system with a lot less effort. Pretty cool, right? And this is not only a body phenomenon. This is in any complex system where you can't look at a system by its parts, but you have to look at it from the whole. So this is where I tell some interns that I work with and students of the game, I say, you got to look, look locally and focus locally, but also be aware globally what's happening to the system globally through a local input. So here's some other examples as we wrap up our podcast some of my favorite examples that I invite you to take on in your life that really helped me expand my pleasure orientation, which, by the way, I know I said with this podcast isn't necessarily about intimacy and and pleasure when or intimacy and sexual pleasure. And the beautiful thing is when you expand your capacity to experience pleasure from all senses, your sexual experiences will also expand organically because you feel safe in your body. And instead of just experiencing pleasure at one part of your body, like your genitals, you'll be able to experience, you know, metaphorical orgasms throughout your whole system. Again, that'll be another podcast. Like I said, y'all, raw and real, bold. Let's let's talk about this, right? Energetic orgasms in your body are a real thing. So some of my favorite favorite examples, which I did a little bit of, are drinking my warm coffee which I have an entire ritual around. Um, I put mushrooms in it, ashwagandha, turmeric, black pepper, MCT oil, collagen. It's a whole thing. And I'll drink that in the morning and often I'll be by the fireplace, which is to my right here, and I'll sit on one of our little poofs. My husband and I each have a have a poo we have two poofs now. And I'll sit by the fireplace and I'll feel the fireplace on my back and my spine and it's it's even more beautiful and pleasurable in the wintertime. I'll put my slippers on and I'll listen to my morning meditative music. So that's a number of sensory experiences. In fact, most of them, right? I'm, I'm seeing the coffee, I'm smelling the coffee, I'm hearing the music, I'm feeling the fire on my body, I'm feeling my slippers. And I'll oftentimes journal in, in that moment. I'll do my journaling practices, my seven daily questions that I ask myself on a daily basis lighting sage and candles. So I love the smell of sage. I love the smell of, you know, organic candles or I'll light my, or put my essential oil diffuser on and put some oils that I'm really resonating with that day. So again, more sensory experience. I'll have warm blankets around me and just feeling ah, big deep breaths in my belly and stretching my belly and just like moving my body organically, right? So often if you're an athlete or you like to work out, you go to classes, it can be very regimented. And and that's beautiful. That's great. That's, that's awesome for functional movement and gaining strength in your body and being specific. And don't forget to like just let your body like stretch and move naturally. Even doing it right now as I'm doing it, just oh, what like like dogs or animals, they wake up and they just kind of move and they, they wake up their nervous system and they wake up their joints and they wake up the blood and they wake up the breath and it's it's organic. So trust your body's organic movement as you bring in senses of the day. Trust that and, and work with that. Another thing I'll do is open the blinds up, let the natural light in. We have a lot of windows in our house, so allowing the natural light to come in in the morning feels really Nice. Also just smiling in the process of this, right? Smiling and, and bringing it in and bringing in the day and starting your day from a like slower sensory experience. I'm not, sometimes I do find myself just like getting up and getting right to work. Um, you know, that's learning, uh, learning how to maybe wake up a little earlier and having a slower morning. Because anytime I do that, anytime, anytime I set my day for more of a pleasure or sensory orientation experience, my whole day goes way smoother because I've set my nervous system up for success. I'll do this often too in between like a version of this or little parts of this. Um, My husband and I like to light the little diffusers like the incense that smell really good. I'll do this in between my coaching calls on Tuesday because I can be very like mental and kind of channeling for whatever my clients need and then taking a step back out of technology or out of my phone or out of my computer and turning on music and dancing or stepping outside taking a walk so i'll use a version of all of these throughout the day just to reset my nervous system so i can stay aligned i can stay present i can stay balanced i can handle challenges better in fact i welcome challenges because i'm operating from a more embodied Stable place rather than reactive, right? We all know those moments where we wake up reactive and we feel like our cups are already full, and it's like one challenge hits us and all of a sudden our day is shot. So this is a way to like reset your day, reset your cup, reset your body, so that you have the capacity to be in that pleasure pain cycle way more intuitively, and and it's actually fun, right? And challenges don't totally derail you. So as we wrap up, thanks for joining me on this podcast. Thanks for being open to taking in this podcast very differently and being willing to orient yourself to something different, orient yourself to things that really work for you, things that are really pleasureful. And I invite you to notice your energy now at the end of this podcast and even throughout the rest of the day, how it's different when we can notice novelty and things that are subtly different. And there's no right or wrong in this, but notice what's different about your body. Maybe write that down, jot that down versus the beginning of the podcast. How has your body-mind changed? How has your nervous system changed? How has your breath changed? How has your awareness changed? How has your emotional state changed? How has your energy body changed? The more that we can just pinpoint those differences, the more we can work upon that. And journaling and running it down is such a powerful way to anchor that into our neurology and anchor that into our physiology versus just like saying it in your head. Let that expression move through. Let it move through your hands. Let it move through your writing. It's a really powerful way to anchor in that progress that you're making. And as I wrap up, I will say what oftentimes will emerge when you start to pleasure titrate in your life and notice what feels good is you might notice little hints of that guilt, little hints of that shame. You know, am I worthy of this, right? Do I deserve this? And I want you to think about this. Here's a question to ask yourself is, how does you experiencing more pleasure in your life serve serve you? If you're an entrepreneur, how does it serve your clients? If you're someone who really... Is family-oriented? How does it serve your family? How does it serve your kids? How does it serve your partner? So anytime we feel guilt and shame, it's because we see more drawbacks than benefits in the experience. So asking yourself, well, how does this benefit not only me, but the people that I serve in my life, the people I connect with in my relationships? Think about that. So if you notice that inkling come up, if you notice that guilt and shame pop through, just write down, you know what? I want to shift that. I want to orient differently because the more pleasure that I can experience in my life and work through pain very differently, I have the ability to create a ripple effect outside of me. I have the ability to show up differently for people. I can be more loving. I can be more empathetic. I can be more understanding because I feel safe and stable and whole in my own body mind. Right? So, Thanks for joining me. Thanks for tuning in to the Project Lioness podcast. Thank you for playing. Thank you for exploring. And let me know if you're watching this on YouTube, comment below what you learned in this podcast or what you liked. Let me know if you'd like me to do a part two. And if you haven't already, make sure you give us a review on what you liked, what you'd love to learn more of, depending on whatever platform you're listening on. And thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. And thank you for being willing to be in these conversations that stretch us and maybe meet our edges. And we don't have to do it alone, right? You don't have to do this alone. So this is Dr. Mel with the Project Lioness podcast. Thanks for being here. And until next time, keep roaring, keep rising, and keep inspiring. See you in the next episode. Thank you for joining the Project Lioness podcast. Did you find value in today's episode? Help us impact the lives of others by sharing this podcast with someone you know who would resonate and benefit from the Project Lioness message. Excited to hear more? We invite you to subscribe on whatever platform you're tuning in on. And we'd be so grateful for you to leave us a review about what you enjoy most, as well as what you'd like to hear more of. Thank you so much for all of your support. It's sincerely yours and power, purpose, and play. Dr. Mel with the Project Lioness podcast. Keep rising, keep roaring, and keep inspiring.